Welcome to Invoking Witchcraft, the podcast where the sacred and profane come out to play. So call the quarters and set the round. It's time for another episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Invoking Witchcraft. I'm one of your hosts, Jay Allen Cross, also known as at Oregon Woodwitch on Instagram. I am here with... I am Britton Boyd, also known as Archaic Honey on the Instagrams, and we're here to bring y'all another fabulous episode. How are you doing, Jay? I, I'm doing all right. You know, these last few weeks have been very strange. Virgo season has come in hot, full speed, um, and fucked some shit up. I feel like everyone I've talked to, things have been turned on their head. Plans have not gone as, gone as, you know, people have expected. Everything has been a little weird. How have things been with you? Oh my gosh, it's been so weird. And like you said, it just seems like everyone's getting their ass handed to them right now. Mm-hmm. I've been dealing with a mildly haunted house lately. Um, it seems like all the spirits in the neighborhood are like, hey, let's pay a visit to Britain's house. And I'm like, no, you're not welcome here. Didn't you see the sign? <laughs> no. It says do not enter. <laughs> no trespassing that includes spirits. So I don't know what happened or how it happened. I did like a big home cleaning and protection and I must have left some spiritual door open and there's just been weird stuff going on. So we had like a young uh, spirit ghost girl in the home. Um, There was like a dog spirit, um, some shadowy things and just I'm not into it. Uh, But, you know, it's just part of the process, part of the picture of being a witch. You just deal with this stuff. So I'm exploring some new ways to protect my house um, and pulling out some other tricks in my bag. You always got to have them tricks in the bag to just ready to go whenever you need them. That's Mm -hmm. I was kind of wondering about that with this kind of spooky season in general from, you know, September to end of November, because I very much felt the shift into fall much earlier this year. It was like end of July when I felt it. And I was like, what? Um, Why is this happening? And, you know, we've had a lot of stuff happening as a planet this last couple of years. And when we remember that the spooky season, you know, around this time of like Samhain, um, you know, is when the veil thins and, you know, the spirits come back to hang out. We have so many new spirits. Hundreds of thousands of people have died over the last couple of years due to COVID. And that's, I think, just in the U.S. alone, not talking you mm-hmm. know, globally. So I'm, I was very curious to see how intense this season would be. And apparently it's going, it's going to be quite, quite exciting because we're already off to a good start. On another note, too, have you seen the uh, the Blues Clues guy, the Steve thing going around on the interwebs? No, tell me what's going on. Oh, my God. It's So it's like Steve and he's back and he's like, hi, you guys. Like, remember when we were kids and I got onto a bus and went to college and just vanished from your life all of a sudden? And <laughs> we're all like, it, it's, it's a very wholesome, very cute, like little like, hi, 25 years later. I hope you're good. I'm good. Like 
all this stuff. Um, but I think it really just illustrates how traumatized just all millennials are across the board. Because yes. now there's all these 30-year-olds that are like, Steve, you left. Like, <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were all in a hard, hard place back then, especially like those of us who grew up in kind of the 90s, which is the era of the divorce. Like, there's just, yeah, we were all broken little children. And then, and then Steve just one day just up and went to college, man, no warning. So just ghosted us, ghosted us hard. Um, left us, which I think might be, um, the perfect segue into today's topic about mental health. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so if you or a loved one were traumatized by blues clues, um, this may be the podcast episode for you. Um, but, you know, always good to check in. Britton, how is your mental health these days? You know, it's up and down. Uh, today I'm feeling pretty good, but I've been wrestling with, you know, I've got a lot of good things going on in my life. And I always, you know, as a, as a species, we focus on the negative. Yeah. And um, that's kind of where my brain's been at. So I feel like, I've had kind of this dark cloud following me around, but you know what? I am sober and that is what matters. And today I went to a really great recovery meeting and got support um, from my fellows who are in recovery. And that has been probably one of the biggest areas of support for me and my mental health lately, because we all get the insanity. Mm. They all understand it. So I know I'm not alone, but been going good, you know, taking my medications, doing my spiritual program, staying on top of stuff, praying every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been it's been good, but I just need to really work on my mindset. Yeah. And you know, I it's a it feels silly to say this because it's something that a lot of people suggest doing, but a gratitude list. Mm-hmm. For the things that I have in my life, like running water. I mean, good for goodness sake, like thank God running clean water is a blessing. And yeah, just counting those blessings, the things that matter um, to help me shift my mindset. So how's your mental health? It's going well. Um, things have been okay. I've been on a bit of an upswing. I am working on a book right now. Um, and you you probably know this as well. Whenever you're an author, it's always a roller coaster. And one day it's like, I am the greatest writer that has ever existed. And then the next day it's this whole thing is trash. I should never be allowed to write ever again. Uh, and it just, and there doesn't seem to be an in-between. <laughs> there's always, there's either just, this is amazing and I'm a genius or oh my God, never let me do this again. Um, So that's been something I've been working through, but I like what you're talking about, kind of um, the the framing of it, kind of getting, you know, your perspective on straight, things like that. And that's not to say, because I know that people struggle with this a lot when they have depression or anxiety and people are like, just focus on the positive. Like it's just going to fix everything. And it doesn't. And we Mm -hmm. we definitely don't want to send that message, but it does, there there is something to be said about kind of, refocusing yourself, especially because I am a person who tends to get wrapped up in my own shit. Like I will have like some little problem that I will just focus in on super hard. And whenever I'm doing that, it's just, it's not helpful. It's not necessary. So just kind of like backing up and being like, Hey, there's a whole world outside that has nothing to do 
with whatever problem that you're facing today. So that's been something that's been Mm -hmm. helpful for me. And somebody said this quote, and I have no idea who it was, but it's something along the lines of sufficient unto the day are the evils thereof, which is like the negative crap happening today is plenty for you to have to deal with tomorrow's negative crap, next week's negative crap, next year's negative crap. Like the negative crap that happens today (laughs) is plenty for you to have to deal with. And once you're done dealing with that, there's no need to then move on to the next. And that's been something that has been kind of my motto recently when I start freaking out about what may happen, what will happen. And I'm like, you know what? Today's troubles are plenty. <laughs> like, yes. tomorrow's, we'll deal about it then. So that's been kind of, that's been, that's been my sort of motto these days and getting that together. Um, yes, one day at a time. Absolutely. One day at a time. And I love that it's 10 a.m. and you've already been to a meeting. <laughs> because for those of you who don't know Britain, Britain gets up at like, what, 4.30 in the morning every day? Lately, it's been 5.30. Oh, I'm sleeping Lord. in. The luxury. oh my god yeah i used to think that i was abnormal for getting up at six but yeah yeah i hit a meeting uh a recovery meeting first thing in the morning just to get my day off on the right foot uh so i attend a meeting at like 7 a.m uh gets just sets me up for the day helps remember to stay sober and um yeah just all the little reminders that i get from my meetings and connecting with other people is really helpful that's a good way to go I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. So today, kind of where we left off last time was sort of like community factors and kind of dangers that we have to our mental health in kind of the practice of witchcraft and within the community itself. Um, today, I figured that we would start off kind of like um, red flags for mental health in the witchcraft community, because we see a lot of these a lot of the time. And, you know, we kind of give you some red flags for possible signs of concern from your influencers a few episodes back when we were talking about discernment. Um, But this is true as well, because who we follow on social media is often who we get our information from, is often who helps us shape um, how we view the world and the craft. And so just kind of keeping an eye out for these things, I think is important. And I think just simply right off the bat, your main red flag is going to be anyone who says that you can fix your mental health with magic. Mm -hmm. We've all seen it. We've all seen spells to heal your trauma. I've seen jars to heal your trauma, which is like put some salt and some Florida water and some lavender in a jar. And then your trauma will go away. And, you know, I tried it still traumatized. (laughs) Right. And the last thing I would want to do is jar up my trauma. Right. That seems like the worst way to go about that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You want to air that shit out. You don't want it to faster. So that's something just to kind of be aware of. If you see somebody that's peddling that or peddling a lot of spells or peddling that they will cure your mental illness, you know, with witchcraft, I think that's that's your number one red flag that you're like, maybe, maybe we should not be listening to this person. Right. Yeah. And I think to a person who's going to promote the idea that witchcraft and magic can heal your trauma, Mm -hmm. like, you know, they may be slinging spells or sharing things uh, like jar spells to um, air quotes, help your mental health Mm -hmm. through spell work. Um, But yeah, just this notion that witchcraft and magic is somehow going to be the cure for you. uh, That is definitely a red flag. Absolutely. Yes. Agreed. 
Um, and two, I mean, just in general, we have to remember too that <laughs> you shouldn't get advice from a person unless they have expertise in that area. Similarly, like why I don't get my medical advice from like random, like holistic mommy blogs, like none of these people are doctors. Um, so really anyone that you're following, whether they are a witch or an author or some sort of Instagram influencer, unless they are a mental health professional, I wouldn't rely on them for good information about you and your recovery and mental health or any of those factors. Um, definitely mm-hmm. leave that one to the professionals. Um, and a lot of people in the self-help community will be doctor so-and-so and always just check up on that. Cause I've ran into a few of those and I'm like, Oh, like what, like where'd you go to school and like trying to figure out, you know, what, what they're a doctor of, you know, if they're a psychologist or a psychiatrist and find out they're like an, op- an optometrist who has <laughs> written a book about, you know, some sort of self-help. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's a, that's a different kind of doctor. <laughs> Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. You know, I think, though, there are witchy folks out there who do specialize in trauma healing and are like trauma coaches. And those are folks um, whose work I do follow and appreciate. Um, Like, um, I don't know their last name, but Fanny on Instagram, also known as the trauma, Witch, I believe is a coach, uh, for trauma, but also has like a witchy bent to their work. Um, and their stuff is really, really good. Um, and I appreciate them. So there are folks out there who are legit, mm-hmm. um, because it can be really helpful for us, witchy folks, uh, who experience a lot of weird stuff in our lives and who are also dealing with mental health to have somebody in that mental health care realm to understand where we're coming from without being like, Oh, you're crazy. Absolutely. I think a lot of witches avoid doing therapy or getting professional mental health because they're worried that as soon as they're like, Oh, this is my spiritual path. I'm a witch that whoever they've, whoever their therapist is or their psychologist is, is just going to be like, wow. So that means that you are nuts and you think that you're Harry Potter and all of this stuff. And and I think that does create a barrier for people. So I, I do appreciate it when you can find really open-minded mental health professionals. That's really nice to have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when it comes to coaches or anyone really that you find on Instagram, don't be afraid to ask them what their background is, where they got their training. They should be able to provide that information. You should be able to look up these places and find out that they're legit. Um, Don't be afraid to ask questions from people that you're going to have escorting you through the world of your kind of trauma landscape. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Definitely ask questions and they should be more than happy to answer those. And if, if they, if you come up against some resistance there or they take offense to it, then that would be a red flag to me Mm -hmm. Um, that, you know, they may not be fully qualified or they don't appreciate you asking those things. So yeah. Yeah. And if you're giving your hard earned money to someone to help you navigate through mental health or trauma or something like that, um, you want to make sure you're putting it in the, in the right place and like hands that you trust. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of times, too, we see this idea of like, oh, I've healed my own trauma. Now I'm an expert in it. And now I'm going to help others because now I'm a healer. Um, kind of this idea that's going around. And so that's not really one that you want to rely upon or 
or necessarily do that just because, you know, you survived something doesn't mean that you're an expert in it. Doesn't mean that your experience is going to match everybody else's. Um, maybe you do heal your own trauma and then go on to get more professional training so that you can help people. And that's beautiful. And that's wonderful. But just kind of being like, well, I got over my shit. Therefore I'm now going to be a mental health professional with no training. I've, I've seen that a couple of times too. So oh, yeah. always, always feel free to ask questions. Um, one mm-hmm. of the other ones too, that I see a lot is, is, is crystals, crystals that will give you trauma, crystals that will heal your trauma, crystals that will have you reliving your trauma. We have to remember a few things that number one, crystals don't really do any of that stuff. And also crystals are not a spell in themselves. They mm-hmm. are a reagent or an ingredient or something that can go along with spells or can provide certain energies. But I think people have forgotten that recently i think it kind of started off with this whole like i left a rose court incident in this boy's car and now he's gonna love me or like whatever it's like that's not how that works at all he may just have some good vibes (laughs) like yeah exactly (laughs) like that is not a complete spell you just put a rose quartz in his car he's just gonna be like what the fuck is this um it's not going to change how he feels about you um and neither will it change your trauma And just be, again, very wary of anybody who's out there selling crystals that are here to heal your childhood trauma or this or that, or, or even I've seen things that are like steams, like, oh, like if you get this special Yoni steam, it will heal your trauma from a sexual assault. And it's like, oh my God, that's a big, that's a, that's a big statement to make. Um, Maybe help you reconnect with your body, maybe help you show yourself some love in that department in an area that was maybe taboo because of that experience. But to say that if you use this steam and this stool, you will heal your trauma concerns me. Yes. It concerns me too. And I've seen a lot of folks um, peddling Yoni steam chairs and whatnot with this idea that, yeah, it's going to heal your trauma And, um, you know, all of these things are tools to support us in our journey. Mm -hmm. They are not an end all be all and they're not the quick fix. There is no quick fix to trauma Mm -hmm. and mental health. And that's something to remember. And I agree with you on the crystals thing. I've seen so much of that floating around and really, you know, crystals are there to help. It's like flower essences. They're there to support they're there to kind of like help in the process, but they are not the fix. Mm-hmm. Um, a really great book um, that I appreciate their perspective and practicality around crystals is um, a book called Crystal Basics by Nicholas Pearson. Um, it's really grounded, excellent information on crystals and uh, what they can be used for to support you in certain areas of your life. But, you know, through the book, Never do they say this will cure your X, Y, Z. Absolutely. And I think too, whenever we bring up stuff like this, you know, crystals won't heal your trauma or whatever. There's immediately a bunch of people that go, well, you know, uh, they can be helpful. And it's like, yes, absolutely. Like you're talking about, they can, they can support witchcraft can support your mental health healing, but it will not do the work for you. It will not just magically make it happen, you know? So 
if maybe you're a person with anxiety and you have like an amethyst stone that you keep in your pocket and you feel like it helps you absolutely do that. Like that can help support you and that can help, you know, get you through the day. But to tell people, Oh, if you put this amethyst in your pocket, your trauma will go away or you'll never have anxiety again or any of those things. I think that's when we get into dangerous territory. Mm -hmm. Um, Danger zone. And we're going to talk a little bit later about some magic that is actually very helpful um, when it comes to kind of your mental health journey. Um, But where I kind of want to go next, because this is something that nobody talks about. And I made a post about this a while ago that actually it really blew up on my Instagram because people, people don't say things like this, but there's, several kind of rules or common understandings about witchcraft or kind of things that we hear a lot in the spiritual community that are either completely untrue or are things that you should disregard um, if you are a person who has mental health issues, um, especially things like anxiety um, or intrusive thoughts. And so the first one I really want to tackle on this is (laughs) we've all heard this before. Your thoughts create your reality or thoughts become things. And that is a terrifying (laughs) notion, especially if you're a person with anxiety (laughs) or intrusive thoughts and or a person who um, has like OCD, which, by the way, OCD is not just cleaning. OCD is like really intrusive thoughts about things like um, hurting people or, um, you know, doing crimes or things that you normally absolutely would not do. It's just repetitive, intrusive thoughts um, that a lot of people don't understand that about OCD. And so doing witchcraft when you have intrusive thoughts or anxiety can be very scary, especially when the entire community around you is like, careful what you think, because if you think it, it will happen. Like that's the meanest thing to say to a person with anxiety ever. It really is. Yeah, that's a... I want to say uh, uh, the word that's coming to mind is like a really unbalanced approach. Like I, I myself have dealt with OCD thoughts mm-hmm. and whatnot. And, you know, um, you know, what had been happening to me was I like, I would be driving my truck and I would just have this intrusive thought that I was going to rip the wheel and like crash. Mm-hmm. And it was happening over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it was getting to the point where it was so scary that I would pull over to the side of the road and like stop and breathe and be like, okay, we're not going to do this. Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't going to happen. This is not something you want to do. But then for someone to turn and say to me, oh, well, those are your thoughts and it's going to come into reality. Like, no, 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 Mm -mm. no, no, it's not that easy. No, it isn't. And thankfully, I've moved through those um, intrusive thoughts and whatnot um, with the help of medication and therapy and whatnot. Um, I have a better handle on it. But yeah, you're you're so right. Like to say that to somebody who has anxiety or intrusive thoughts or OCD, like that is a cruel thing to say because these things are not within our control. No. If you're dealing with anxiety. Well, I think, too, it has to do with manifestation culture. Oh, if you just think about it, it'll happen. Or I don't know, whatever it is on TikTok, if you focus on it and you sneeze, you'll go into a different reality or whatever. Um, 
it's not that simple. It's not that simple. Just because you think positive thoughts doesn't mean that positive things are going to happen. Just because you think negative thoughts doesn't mean that negative things are going to happen. Now, there is like self-fulfilling prophecy, which is like, if you're afraid of being alone, you might push people away so that they don't leave you and then you end up alone. Like there is, there's that, but that's not the same thing as, oh, I thought about our car wrecking, therefore I made it happen. And I think a lot of people on the witchcraft community have at one point or another thought something and had it happen. But the question, but, and, and then from then on, they're like, yes, if you think something, it can and will happen. But the thing is, sure, that happened to you once, maybe twice in your whole life. But how many other things have you thought about that have never happened? And as me, as a person with anxiety, if my thoughts became things, everyone around me that I know and love would be dead. <laughs> like, that's just, right? that's just it. Everyone around me is actually doing really well right now. So I, I'm not thinking that is going that that's going to be the thing. It's not as easy as think it and it happens. Um, not at all. Even if you think about it a lot, even if you focus on it, even if your anxiety tells you that you want it or whatever, like, no, that's not how this works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there is something to be said for being mindful mm-hmm. and being in wit- witness of our thoughts, like, you know, watching our thoughts and whatnot and redirecting them, mm-hmm. redirecting them like you would, you know, if a puppy is chewing on your socks, will you take the sock away and you give them a toy and you say, hey, this is this is what we do mm-hmm. instead. You know, like that can be really helpful. Um, But yeah, total agreement with you. Like just because you have an intrusive thought of something bad happening doesn't mean that it's going to manifest. Yeah. (laughs) I would have manifested some crazy shit a while ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My house would be in in ashes and I would have lost everything. Yeah, it's not. (laughs) It's just not how this works. Um, Yeah. And I love what you're talking about, too, about kind of like interrupting it you know because those of us you know who have anxiety or intrusive thoughts or whatever like will it will kind of snowball because like you first you start thinking about the scary things and then your brain goes oh there's danger and so it starts producing the danger chemicals which then kind of like it picks up momentum and then it's much harder to stop after you're already kind of spiraling with it so something that was really Mm -hmm. helpful for me getting my anxiety under control was um just building an awareness like oh I'm having really dark, unnecessary thoughts. Like I'm noticing that I'm heading that direction. So we're just going to not today um, and head over a different direction. You know, like you said, distraction, Mm -hmm. something else, like, you know, interrupting before it can get started um, is is really helpful. Yes. And I think that's where things like crystals or flower essences can be our be a support to us. Like I keep a rock in my pocket as a reminder to, to stay grounded Mm -hmm. in my reality. Um, it's not, it's like, it's a little buddy that I carry with me Mm -hmm. that helps me check, check in from time to time. Every time I notice that it's there in my pocket. Mm -hmm. So like that is how those things can be helpful. But again, you know, they're not the cure. Yeah. They're just part of the support network that we have. Yeah. What's interesting too is just kind of like little things like that that help like that help you take a little piece of kind of sanity into your dark places, you know, whether it's like that rock or um a therapist told me a while back, and I've used this on all kinds of things, is I was going through something where I had certain um 
rituals to try and like fend it off or whatever, you know, whatever I was doing. And she was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, keep doing that. But before you do that, before you go into the worry spiral, if you're like, you know what, I'm heading that direction. I'm, you know, for some reason I'm unable to stop it or I want to kind of go into the worry spiral or whatever, for whatever reason that day, she's like, just simply preface it by saying, by acknowledging that you are incapable of making an accurate depiction of the future or the problem or whatever, based on the fact that you have anxiety. And so like go forth, but just remind yourself before going forth that, you know, objects in mirror (laughs) may (laughs) appear larger uh, before, you know, heading into it. And I think that's helpful sometimes too. Yeah, I, I totally agree. The second one we have here on the list is that another thing that we hear a lot, especially when it comes to psychic training or learning to use your intuition, people will always tell you, go with the first thing that pops into your head. And when you deal with anxiety and or intrusive thoughts, the first thing that pops into your head is usually the anxiety, not your intuition. If you're a person with anxiety, your intuition is usually the second voice that comes in because your first voice is like, everyone's going to die. Your house is going to burn down. And that is not intuition. Intuition is a smaller Mm -hmm. voice. It's much less scary. Um, It's so don't feel like the first thing that pops into your head is the thing that is either going to happen or, or that the spirit is trying to tell you or whatever it is. It's, it's often the second or maybe even the third, depending on how you are, how you are. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one thing that I found helpful in like learning to differentiate between an anxiety voice and my intuition voice is working with plant medicine and working with really gentle, like plant spirits, like the dandelion in your front yard, you know, and tuning into them and listening for their messages and whatnot really helps. It's so gentle and sweet and allows me to kind of like understand what that feels like, Mm -hmm. what it sounds like, um, to be able to learn that differentiation between the two. Um, Because, yeah, then I'll be able to hear my, like, anxiety thoughts versus, like, the pleasant message that Dandelion has to offer me. So that can be a really good way to kind of, like, um, kind of tiptoe into that realm of learning that those different voices in our heads and in our bodies. Absolutely. Absolutely. And your intuition is rarely going to provide you with, you know, worst case scenario, the way that your anxiety does, because your intuition is going to tell you the truth. And the truth is always somewhere in the middle. It's rarely the best case scenario. And it's even more rarely the worst case scenario. You know, it's somewhere kind of in the middle. And so if what's coming to you is just like the worst possible thing that could happen, it's likely not intuition. (laughs) That's likely you freaking out. And that's okay. Just give yourself a moment just kind of put that aside and see if something else comes up too. And you know Mm -hmm. what, some days, some weeks, some months, you may just have to just put it aside while you get your anxiety under control. That happens. And that is absolutely okay. Um, You know, sometimes there's just too much of it to actually hear your intuition and that's fine. Um, It will come back. Got to just give it some time. You might have to seek out some help or some guidance, but it will come back. So don't worry. Mm hmm. Yeah, just be patient with yourself. Yeah. Um, Another one that we see a lot is around nightmares. And we talk about this a lot too 
on the podcast where a lot of the times our dreams can tell us if someone is launching um, either a psychic or a magical attack on us. Um, our dreams will often tell us through things like nightmares. Um, however, nightmares are also a sign of stress. Um, nightmares are also things that people with mental illness will, or trauma or um, people who have survived through traumatic events will have nightmares. And so because you have them, does it mean that you're hexed or you're cursed or that someone is coming to get you or, or trying to get into your mind or, or whatever? Sometimes it just means that you've been through some shit. Um, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we process in our dreams. I know, I know I do a lot of processing in my dreams. I do too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think um, we really have to consider the circumstances that we're in around like if we have a nightmare like take a look at what's going on around you are you stressed are you eating well you know and all of these things um to understand whether or not it is a you know a hex or a psychic attack like did you have a bad encounter with someone and whatnot and um you know dreams to me they have like a slower um i don't like using this word manifestation time like they have like an incubation time they don't just like happen immediately um so it gives you a moment to process i think like that's at least that's how it works for me mm-hmm. with my dreaming and whatnot if i do have a bad dream i'm like okay i'm gonna process this for a few days and then and then see what my course of action is uh and whatnot but also like having good experience in understanding your dream language and what is and is not a spiritual attack and never or not never, but always like, I love to call on my ancestors when it comes to nightmares and dreams and whatnot, because they tend to lend me a lot of support um, and protection within my dreams. So that can be another avenue of, of support and whatnot. If you are experiencing nightmares and um, I have heard so many folks have really good results uh, working with rosemary and nightmares. Oh, really? As well. Yes. Yeah. Rosemary is a protector um, during the dream time. In what form? Are they taking it in as like an essence or are they burning it or all of the above? Or Right. I think kind of all of the above. But what I have found works is like putting a few sprigs underneath the pillow or burning it before oh, bed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of having like the physical plant matter and or smoke around you to fumigate the room can be really helpful. Yeah. yeah. Um, that reminds me too, I believe it's in Michelle Belanger's book, The Ghost Hunter's Survival Guide. It's a, it's a paranormal book, but I highly, highly recommend it because um, she comes at it from a very kind of occult perspective. Um, but she talks about protecting yourself in dreams in that book as well. Um, which is something that I think a lot of people don't talk about or don't know about. Um, so if you're interested in diving deeper in that, I highly recommend Michelle Belanger. Uh, her last name is B-E-L-A-N-G-E-R. Uh, and it's the Ghost Hunter Survival Guide. And if you are a paranormal investigator or trying to become one, um, I believe it's mandatory reading um, for, for all people involved. So highly recommend. The other one, too, that I run into a lot with people who have anxiety or intrusive thoughts or, or kind of this flavor of, of mental health issue is um, they will either stop casting spells or get really afraid of casting spells because they're afraid that, you know, okay, I'm going to cast a spell and they light the candle and they start it up and then they have an intrusive thought. 
And then they're worried that that is getting put into the spell and then sent out into the universe and, and that it's, it's being misunderstood or that that one part is accidentally going to go out and manifest along with the spell as well. Is this something that you've ever ran into? I know I have. Oh, absolutely. And that happened actually in my last spell working was um, I was feeling a little nervous about it. And because I was having a lot of intrusive thoughts. Uh, And you know what, I went on with the spell anyway. And you know what, it was successful. Mm -hmm. So you can have these intrusive thoughts during spell casting, but let it go. You know, like we were talking about earlier, witnessing being observant of your thoughts and just letting them pass. Mm -hmm. Um, and not attaching yourself to them or or putting your identity into them um, was what mm-hmm. I was doing through my spell work. So, yeah, an intrusive thought would come in and I'd just be like, all right, yeah, cool, bye, yep. you know, and kept going on with my spell work. And it it was a successful spell. So, yep. really thought about that. Through in one side, out the other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think that's important too. And something that I did a while back that really helped me was I simply just had a conversation with my spirits. I was like, hey, like you guys know what it is that I want. You know what is in my heart. Um, Just because, you know, my mind throws out something like that that I don't want. Can we just all agree to disregard that? And they're like, we got you. So (laughs) just kind of communicate with them. Like, hey, I have some intrusive thoughts. So when something really terrifying jumps into my head, let's not manifest that. They're like, cool, we'll filter that. Um, So you can just have a conversation with your spirits. They're like, this is something I'm going through. This is something I'm dealing with. And that's, you know, if you work with spirits in your work, or if you just kind of work with the universe or whatever, you can have a conversation with the universe or your higher self or whatever it is. It's just kind of like, hey, just want to check in this crap that comes up, disregard that. And then they're like, cool. And then you already kind of like have that set up. So then you feel safe going into your ritual, you know, even if you do think about, you know, oh, burning someone's house down on accident or whatever, that's not going to manifest in the spell. They're just going to like sweep that off to the side and keep going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really helpful. I mean, unless you do want to burn somebody's house down and then, you know, don't, but you know, you do you. (laughs) Right. So has magic ever helped or assisted you in your mental health journey? I'm trying to think. I think that, you know, kind of like the spell that I was talking about that I did where I was having intrusive thoughts and then it came out successful. It really bolsters my confidence Mm -hmm. and lets me see that just because I have these intrusive thoughts doesn't mean that everything's going to be wrecked. Like they're just thoughts and feelings and those things are not facts um so yeah i do think that regular spiritual upkeep is a key part of my mental health support system um like once a week i do a spiritual cleansing bath i do it on sundays um just to kind of like rid myself of all the kind of like negative things that may have built up through the week and start with a fresh clean slate and that work really helps me. And then anointing myself with oils like road opener or blessing oil or van fan or something like that to really help lift my spirits. Mm -hmm. Um, And it becomes a ritual. So yeah, I do think magic has really helped me in that department. Yeah. I think that magic and spirituality often kind of gives people a routine or structure or something to kind of like 
follow and kind of it, it ends up sort of becoming a life preserver for a lot of people. And I don't want to discount mm-hmm. that because I do think that's important. I just think we've gone a little too far in saying, oh, this will fix you versus this will support you, um, mm-hmm. which I think is important. But yeah, I do think that it is, it does kind of become like a cornerstone for a lot of people that it's part of their routine. It's part of what helps them stay calm, you know, by putting on, you know, oils and meditating and whatnot. I think that's really important. And I think that's where we're kind of going next in this is kind of ways in which magic can actually help, you know, your mental health journey because, you know, it can support you um, as long as we're kind of staying away from the full cure. And so one way that I really like to use magic to help people who are struggling with mental health illness or, you know, myself, um, the number one thing that I hear from people is like, well, I would go get professional help, but I can't because of my insurance, or I can't find a therapist that fits my needs, or I can't find this or that. There's all this red tape, especially in the United States, to get access to mental health care. And I have a great deal of luck um, doing road opening work to get people into the appointment that they need or to get their insurance to finally um, agree to pay for the things that they need um, as they're supposed to or, you know, whatever it is that they need. I I find that that can be very helpful for people Mm -hmm. to utilize the witchcraft in order to get them into professional mental health care is really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Like a good road opener to kind of bust through any blocks that might be getting in your way. And I also really appreciate old fashioned prayer, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, praying to a higher power as you know, them um, has been really helpful for me uh, in my, my recovery. I, you know, through a 12 step program, we have what are called sponsors, people that sponsor us through our recovery and become kind of like our key ally in our recovery process. And, you know, I went through some bumps and roadblocks and finding a good sponsor for my recovery. And I just, you know, I stopped and I prayed. I was like, please let the right person show up for me. And lo and behold, like she showed up and um, I have an excellent, wonderful relationship with my sponsor. We mesh really well together. Um, we, We have similar interests and we just support one another through our recovery. So prayer and road opening, like you were saying, like doing spell work to kind of open the way to finding this, the help that we need can be really helpful. Yeah. Getting us the resources and whatnot, you know, even if the spell won't fix your trauma, it may get you into the place that will help um, you do that, which is really, really helpful. And I like that you talk about prayer too, because that really goes along with our next one, which is kind of like, um, you know, we can have a great deal of support and help from our spirit allies in, in kind of mental health. Um, one of my most favorite is of course the saints. Um, there's St. Dymphna who is mm-hmm. patron saint of those who are struggling with mental health or anxiety disorders. Um, and I often send people her way who are struggling to find things like therapists or, or get through the red tape or, or get the help that they need. And so they light a candle to her. They say some prayers and she generally does come through and help them get the professional help that they need. Um, so that's one that's really helpful. There's also, of course, um, patron saints for um, people who are going through addiction. You have St. Monica, who is one of the patron saints of alcoholics. There are quite a few um, patron saints of, of all kinds of um, mental health issues, addiction issues, um, disorders and whatnot. 
Um, so you can often find a saint that is in charge of your specific area that you need help with. Um, and they can often help you find the resources that you need to overcome whatever it is that you're, that you're dealing with at this moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Calling on your spirit allies, uh, can be really helpful. I, I found that with a few of my spirit allies, um, in one in particular really, really helps me out when I am kind of in the depths of despair and they, they provide a lot of protection and I just know they've got my back, you know? Um, so reaching out to them and kind of what you were talking about earlier around asking spirits for help, but yeah, calling on spirit allies can be really helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and two, I think people often really discount the power that their guardian angel holds. Um, I do a lot of work with angels and um, particularly my guardian angel. And we all have one. It's like a lot of different cultures are like, yep, you have someone that is assigned to you to do this work. And simply working with them for all manner of things. It's really useful because they are already assigned to you. You know, you go to a saint and the saint is like, who the hell are you? Um, but you go to your guardian angel and they're like, yes, I was assigned to help you. Thank you. What do you need? Um, and it's, it's way, it's way easier to go that direction. So even if you just say a little prayer to your guardian angel, sometimes that will open shit up really quick. And that's great. If you're not, you know, comfortable with saints or don't know the saint or whatever it is, your guardian angel knows you. They're already there. They're already listening. They can help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And ancestors as well. Ancestors really want to see us do well in our lives. And um, I have my mammal, who I am looking at a photo of her right now. She dealt with a lot of mental health issues. And um, I feel that when they pass on to the other side, um, they have a greater capacity of understanding, um, I think, through these issues. So I've leaned on her quite a bit um, to help me navigate through that and just calling on her for support has been really great. Um, and you know what? It's ancestor season. It's always ancestor season, but in particular this time of year, um, spooky season as we're making the descent into the darkness is a great time to connect with your ancestors and whatnot. Absolutely. And when we heal ourselves, we then heal our ancestors. And so they're invested in that, especially because a lot of mental health issues are hereditary. Um, Mm -hmm. there are things that get passed down or trauma will often be in families as well. It's something that kind of gets passed down from one person to the next. And so they're often very invested in our healing because then it fixes them. It heals them. If kind of whatever that cycle is can stop with us, then they're kind of relieved of that burden as well. So, so your ancestors are very, um, are very invested in, in your healing because when you heal yourself, you heal them. Also, too, I mean, sometimes spells can be very helpful for your mental health, as long as, again, we're not relying on them to heal. So if you are seeing a professional, um, you know, mental health specialist, you are taking your medication as prescribed, things like that. But then you also want to then do a spell on the side to help you let go of something or to help your heart heal or to... um, you know, find balance or whatever it is. I, I don't want to tell people that, you know, if you have mental health issues, you know, you should never cast spells or whatever, because that's, that's not the truth. But, um, but using them alongside of the professional health is, is really important or, or can be helpful, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And um, one thing that kind of came to mind is like doing a spell for um, communication. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have just started working with a therapist, maybe you um, do some spell work to really open up the channels of communication between you and your therapist, or something like that um, could be really good. Yeah, or do a spell to help you have courage going into your therapy session. If there's something that you're afraid to talk about. Um, you know, these are things that can be helpful, you know, um, they can support us. So I, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Courage, especially because it takes a lot of vulnerability, really you know, does. to start opening up about our traumas, the things we've experienced and whatnot. And that really is, you know, one of the first steps we take in our healing process is like asking for help, being vulnerable, sharing these things. We have to get them aired out. Mm-hmm. Um, so some spell work around that could be really helpful. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you got to get it out. In uh, when I'm studying uh, curanderismo, they have something called pláticas, which are a, kind of like a heart straightening talk. It's a little bit like confession, but instead of, um, you know, tell me what you've done wrong, it's it's tell me what what weighs on you and it's believed to be a a form of exorcism for them to speak it to get it out of themselves to tell somebody about what they did or what happened to them or what they went through to get it out of you it's it's seen as an as an exorcism to just get it out and it's so powerful and you can see this healing that happens when people go when, when, when people no longer have it inside of them, because it acts kind of like, you know, like when you twist a hose and you get a kink in it and then stuff stops flowing and it gets all bottled up and it gets weird. Doing the platicas really kind of straightens that hose and lets everything kind of flow naturally again. You can just see people change as they just unburden themselves and just tell somebody this thing. And it's normally something that they didn't want to tell anybody because they're ashamed or they're afraid or, or whatever it is, but getting it out just simply verbalizing it is so helpful. And mm-hmm. even if you can't yet do it for another person, you know, I sometimes tell people, you know what, if you can't tell me or, or somebody else, you know, get a bowl of salt and go somewhere private where you won't be overheard and tell the salt because the salt will absorb all of that crap. And then you can either do what we call like a, a white fire limpia, which is where you put on just like a little bit of rubbing alcohol on it and kind of like drop a match on the salt so that it's you have, you have flaming salt for a little bit that will kind of transmute and kind of clear out all that negativity that you just put into it. Um, and then maybe after that, you may feel more comfortable than telling a person if you feel like you need to at that point. But just just getting it out, I think is so helpful. Mm, that's beautiful. I love that. And then, of course, we have some witchcraft techniques that are actually good for your mental health. Um, things like grounding, you know, finding that really stabilizing energy, um, getting yourself, you know, back into your body and, and feeling balanced in that way can be really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love grounding and meditation as a part of my practice, mm-hmm. um, which is a cornerstone of my daily spiritual practice is grounding, centering and meditation. Uh, to really calm the mind. And, you know, meditation for a lot of folks, they're just like, so what do I do? Just sit with my legs crossed and whatever. (laughs) Um, But meditation can also look like going for a walk. Like I actually find that repetitive motion and watching my feet move back and forth really gets me into a meditative state. So meditation doesn't always have to be this like sitting in dead silence. 
it can be a movement. Um, like I know a lot of folks who do um, textile work, like knitting mm-hmm. and whatnot and spinning and stuff, they get into a really meditative state. So like no, thinking about these things and like the crafts that we may engage in that move us into a meditative state can be really helpful in our um, practice that I think also equates to witchcraft. Absolutely. Yeah, I I very much agree. And especially when we get into like mindfulness meditation, because mindfulness meditation is actually much simpler than a lot of people think. And it just simply teaches you like we were talking about, you know, you're doing a spell and an intrusive thought comes in. It just helps you just to let it lie by and not attach to it, not worry about it, not sit there and grab it and analyze it to death, you know, just, oh, there went a thought and you can move on with your life. Uh, it's really helpful. So before we leave here, do you have any advice for witches who may be approaching witchcraft with some mental illness happening here? I would say go slow and um, really practice your basics and do spiritual housekeeping, you know, like do a once a week cleansing to stay on top of things, check in with your spirits, talk with them, pray, And, you know, if you're really struggling, try to find a support group or a a mental health professional to um, go through this with you or, you know, find a spiritual counselor as well um, if you're really struggling. But, yeah, I would go slow. You know, there's this um, sense of urgency that I felt early on in my witchcraft practice was like, okay, I want to be, I want to be at the end game of all of this. I just want to have all the information. I want to be the best witch that I can be and all this stuff. But you know, it is, it's a lifelong practice, a lifelong journey, and there's no need to rush through it. Mm -hmm. Like just take it one day at a time and um, you'll get to where you need to be. Absolutely. At the end. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that going slow part and just not pushing it like, you know, we, (laughs) you may have watched, you know, American Horror Story Coven, but there's no need to make a descent into the underworld. Like, unless there's something really that you need there right now, like there's, there's not a need to do that uh, so much or, or to, you know, do a lot of poison plant work or things like that, that may, that may be an issue. So very much agree. Um, yeah. And yeah, don't feel the need to push it. Don't feel the need to go super fast, go slow. Um, and I always recommend to people, especially if they're approaching this work from, from a slightly unstable place to have other hobbies and interests, to have people around you who aren't witches, because these are people that are also going to help keep you grounded because I've seen it happen before. You're hanging out with a bunch of witches or a bunch of kind of, you know, spiritual people. And there's like a noise and suddenly everyone's like, it's a harbinger of death. It's a spirit. It's this thing. And then you have like your realistic person who's like not a witch saying next to you, like, no, that card just backfired. Like that having someone to just like kind of ground you and kind of remind you <laughs> that like, you know, real mundane things exist is, is really important. We can't go full witch all the time. You know, sometimes we need to have a very, sort of logical view of things. And so having those people around, having hobbies and interests that aren't magical um, can, can help us stay grounded as we work into the magical as well. Yes. And you know, it's Virgo season at the time of this recording and shout out to all my Virgo friends who keep me grounded and they, they keep me 
in the like practical side of things. I have a few Virgo friends who, when I'm just like flying off the handle and I'm like, everything this and everything that, and oh my God, you know, spirit this, spirit that. They're like, hey, slow down, chill out, uh, have a snack. (laughs) Right. What if you just put the witchcraft down for today and just went outside and did something super normal? Like, very helpful. Yes. Very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Love those Virgos. Love it. All right, you guys. Mm-hmm. I think that pretty much wraps it up for our little two part series here on mental health. I hope you guys are all doing well. I hope you guys are getting everything that you need and are. I just, I just hope that all of you are doing well. And if you're not, it gets better. So just remember. Just remember and remember also to. Do witchcraft. Do it. And take your medication. Support for this podcast comes from our listeners. If you would like to support Invoking Witchcraft with a one-time donation, please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash donate. Or if you'd like to become a premium listener, join the coven at invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven. There you'll get access to our exclusive Facebook group for discussion and connection, as well as access to occasional workshops. We hope to see you there.